Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On Friday night, we had the winter rewards races out of Alexandra Park. We had them at Addington on Thursday too. And basically this is for horses who race more regularly in winter and they get a boosted stake to 20,000 to say, hey, you matter too. There were a lot of good performances the other night. Nelson's boy was really good. Hooray Henry for Team Butcher was excellent after spending 18 months on the sidelines. But the horse who won, in fact, the horse who won out of both meetings, Thursday and Friday, who you looked at and thought, rightio, you're off to open class, is called Dream of You. Here's what he did. As they come for home, it ain't necessarily so by two. Romeo Foxtrot, Jason over, down the outside now. Laurie's Legacy, Quick Shani deep on the passing lane. Dream of you up on the outside of Kiwi Tricks, 100 left to go. The leader, it ain't necessarily so. Laurie's Legacy's out and after it now on the outside. It ain't necessarily so. Laurie's Legacy and Dream of You joins in right on the line too. Now, this is a very, very tight three-way go and they are worlds apart. It ain't necessarily so. Laurie's legacy and dream of you right on the wires put himself... Not often you hear that. Um, commentary, horse versus horse, horse versus horse. Oh, hold on, here's another horse. And that was dream of you. At the 400, I gave it no chance of winning. At the 200, I thought, David Butcher's stuffed this up. He's left it too late here. He's going to get beaten a length. But it just got up on the line to win like a good horse. And let's not get carried away. It's, it's not Lyle Creek. But it's going to be an open class horse, and that's pretty exciting for trainer Derek Bull. Good morning to you, Derek. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, good morning, Mick. Did good you think morning, Greg. did you think Butch had stuffed the drive up? Because at the four hundred, I thought, nah, he has he hasn't moved here. What's he doing? And at the two hundred, uh, I thought, David, really? And then, boom. Yeah, yeah, no, I was right there with you. Really, I thought the four hundred. I thought obviously the horse wasn't trotting as good as he can do. I thought sort of looking for. Uh, Looking for excuses, really. Wondering what had gone wrong. But uh, no, talked to David after the race. I'd come back to scale and he said, oh, no. He said, oh, they got to the half and 27. They were always going to come back to me. So <laughs> typical D Butcher. He didn't really panic. He wasn't panicked. He sort of knew what he had underneath him. And yeah, timed it to perfection. He's a horse who ran second on debut, won on his fourth start. Then he had a run of 10 outs. Tell us about why a horse who clearly now is this good, how can it have a run of 10 outs in the one win grade? Uh, probably just his gait. His gait and his, his, his mental capacity to handle racing. Like, you know, if you get a maiden trotter and they win too quickly, well, they, not too quickly, but if they win early in their program, they jump up against a lot of older horses that know what to do. So it does take a lot of tr- lot of young trotters a wee while just to get to the grips of standing start, getting it away safely around that first bend. And he didn't always have a good gait. So uh, I think the biggest thing for him is that his gait has improved. And that's, you know, that's what he's starting to show us now. Are you starting to get excited? Because obviously you've had some, some very good open-class trotters. You've won an Inter-Dominion. You've had Martina H, who raced in a very good era of horses. 
uh, is this horse going to be an open class horse like I think he is? And where's the ceiling for him? Uh, well, yeah, obviously he's starting to get excited now. He's, he's starting to put it all together. So, yeah, yeah, it is exciting, a horse up in that grade. Um, he's, he's got to take that next step. You know, he's only beaten the, the middle-class horses, so uh, he's got to, he's going out for a break now, five or six weeks, and then come back. And so over Christmas, he's got to make that next jump up. And as you know, once you get up to that top level, open-class trots or paces, they, you know, they sometimes take, six, 12 months to acclimatise, racing the Muscle Mountains, Artie by the Hills, those sort of horses that are already up there doing it. So, uh, yeah, long term, you know, 12 months time, I can see them definitely uh, being competitive up there. I would have thought, Derek, it's a better time to be coming into open class at 12 months from now, maybe, or six months, than it would have been doing this two years ago. Two years ago, you would have had this massive log jam of talent headed by Sunday's son. Yes, you have Bolt for Brilliance, and yes, you have a very good horse in Muscle Mountain, but there are also horses who, particularly Muscle Mountain, might sneak across to Australia at some stage. A horse like Dream of You, is there chances now you can plot to stay away from those two big guns by racing in the north during cup time, by racing in some of the handicap races they may not head for, or racing in Alexandra Park around February, March when they might be overseas? Because you seem to have, by racing him in winter, targeted good stakes, but without being rude to your opposition, kept away from many of the better horses. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was probably the plan with this guy to sort of get him a bit of ring craft over winter when, yeah, the fields aren't as strong and, and it's, you know, come worked out perfectly for us. So going forward, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to be taken on Muscle Mountain or Bolt for Brilliance when you have to. Um, so, you know, six months down the track, we may look at the Road Cup, uh, May next year. But other than that, we will probably try and avoid the big guys. And yeah, so without... Muscle Mountain there, the rest, you know, the rest are, are good, nice open-class horses without being anything up to that, you know, Muscle Mountain or Bolt for Brilliance's level, as Love and the Port proved in the Row Cup, he, you know, he got a good run, done everything right, and that's the sort of horse that, yeah, we'd be quite competitive with, I think, without taking on those good guys till we have to. Mate, you've always loved a good trotter. They've been very good to you. Um, as good as this horse is, you're going to see trotters way better than him over the next couple of weeks. So I believe you and Raylene, your lovely wife, are, are off to the Hambo, better known as the Hambletonian Day at the Meadowlands. And is that something you've got any experience with? Have you been there before? And, and you must be looking forward to it. No, no, it'll be my first time to the Meadowlands. So yeah, went over three, three years ago to see my brother. He works for Nifty Norman over there, has done for a while. Gerald, so yeah, caught up with him, but didn't actually get to the races. We, uh, we played a few games of golf and done a few other things. So this will be my first time to the Meadowlands, which will be great. And yeah, there's quite a few Kiwis over there and going over there. So uh, no, it'll be a great experience. Hey, Derek, Greg here, mate. Congratulations on the way you've developed Dream of You. When you go through his pedigree, though, and the connections who bred him, race the likes of Paramount Gigi and Paramount King, etc., it is all ahead of him. What about you as a trainer? Because you're in a number of partnerships over, over a few years and you've gone past 500 wins as a trainer. What's Derek Ball, the trainer, like now, say, compared to maybe half those wins ago? Yeah, no, uh, yeah, good question, Greg. I sort of probably reassessed things um, the last couple of years. So, 
we probably aren't doing as many, and hap- happily so, probably keeping about 12 to 15 horses, and yeah, just trying to find a bit of quality rather than get out there and work, work all day and go around in circles going nowhere. We're just uh, taking things a little bit easier, a bit more golf, a bit more fishing, and uh, yeah, just doing a few less horses, but trying to concentrate on quality. And what about driving-wise? You put DJ Butcher in the bike the other night, and as Mick alluded to, and you did too, it was um, him at his best to, to absolute perfection. You've driven a couple of hundred winners. Is it still a desire to be out there? Is it a case of you just want to help with horses like this in their early stages of their career, and, and, and do you still want to be out there? Yeah, it's sort of, it probably hit the nail on the head as far as getting young horses and especially trotters, getting young trotters organised. I think I've still got a role to play out there. I don't aspire to, uh, you know, drive a whole lot of winners every year, but I think if I can get the horses organised and then you can put Zach or David or someone else on that is out there more regularly in the bigger races, I think that works. So, uh, and and, uh, if if you find a horse that your suit and no one else can get on with I'm happy to drive them all the time but yeah I, I got no aspirations as far as driving um, week to week goes but <clears throat> no if I can help a young horse get organised I'm happy to be out there so uh, but you know hard to compete with Zach or David or Tony at their best when they're out there every you know every race all the time Alright on the track we've talked plenty you keep mentioning golf how is it going? Uh, 21 handicap so it's it's hard to sort of prove on that, which is a bit disappointing, but uh, I'm going to keep trying. Michael, I don't know that I'd want to take D-Ball on with a 21 handicap. I think he's beautifully placed, and if I was the handicapper, I'd be keeping an eye on him. Well, you'd be okay, but he's got that golfer's build, um, so you, you'd be okay. But, yeah, I think D-Ball, I think, don't think you'll be seeing me pick up the sticks anytime soon. Hey, um, just talking about the trotters, because there'll be people listening to this who, who love the harness racing, but also people who, who are Gallops fans or sports fans. What's the predominant difference between training a pacer and a trotter? And I'm not meaning lack of hopples or, or obviously the gear and all the things that go into it, but... In the philosophy and in what you're trying to do with the horse and in the feeding of the horse, how do you treat a trotter differently from a pacer? Yeah, I guess there's plenty of different ways to do it, as there is. But my predominant theme is to keep their muscles, to build muscle and keep their muscles loose and flexible. So a pacer seems to be able to run around with a lot more muscle pain than a trotter. So a trotter has muscle pain or is not fluent in their gait and then they gallop because they have no hobbles to hold their their gait together. Where yeah, so that's my predominant theme I think and over the years you like to think that you try and improve it all the time, but if you know, a horse that's sound and, and his muscles are happy and flexible, uh, and supple is probably the biggest word, then they seem to produce their best effort on the track. So, uh, yeah, you try not to feed them too much hot feed. So uh, just on, just on that, oats. obviously oats are a great source of energy, but a lot of trainers who train trotters don't like to feed too many oats, A, in case it heats them up too much, or B, in case they tie up too much. So do you feed oats to your trotters? No, not at all, no oats. But I know in Europe, in France and Sweden, some of them feed, you know, big, big, big amounts of oats. So I don't think there's any rules. It's just uh, tie your work, you know, your you work into your feed. So if you're feeding them big, obviously you, you work them a lot harder. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot lot goes into it. But 
basically I, I feed low GI feed and then long and slow work. So uh, that's probably my basic principles. But uh, yeah, every, everyone's different and there's no, no right and wrong, I don't think. All right. Talk about the future. Greg asked you about your daily attitude to racing now and what you get out of it. But what about races you could win? I like asking anybody in harness racing, or in fact anybody in racing, this question. If you could only win one big, big race ever again, and it's often surprising what people answer. Like a few weeks ago, we asked Sarah O'Reilly, and she said she wants to win the Methven Cup. What's the race <laughs> you would like to win? Yeah, I've always loved the Inter Dominion Trot Grand Final, so uh, that's always a, a great series. You're against Aussies, you've got to produce your horse two or three heats and in a final. So, to me, that's uh, yeah, that's that's right up there above the Row Cup and Dominion's handicap just. But, uh, yeah, I've always loved the end of the Dominion Grand Final. Mate, it's good to see you with a good horse. And uh, and I'm thrilled for the owners. They kept hold of the horse. I know some pesky people were trying to buy them off you, but they did not lose faith, Derek. And you're going to have an open-class horse. And this time next year, you'll get to go on trips and muck around and go to Addington and, and enjoy yourself. And, mate, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing how it all unfolds for you and, and the winning connections of uh, Dream of You. Yeah, they're lovely owners, great people. They really look after their horses well. They just met their place, breed them. So, uh, no, really thrilled for them just to get a nice horse. Mate, enjoy your trip. Enjoy Hambo Day. Um, yeah, I'll be honest with you. I've been to four or five Hambos, and it's a long day, Derek. I would say maybe pop down <laughs> to the Seven Eleven and buy a couple of uh, <laughs> buy a couple of Powerades. Put them in the fridge at the hotel because the day after Hambo Day is just as long as the day before. It's fifteen <laughs> races, Derek. It's fifteen races, mate. You need to you need to pace yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit, a bit older now, so I pace myself pretty good these days. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, Derek, too, but never mind. Uh, mate, have a great trip. <laughs> have a good time, and congratulations yeah. on the win. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Good horse, Greg. Oh, look, I'm not getting carried away in saying he's going to be a superstar because it's only winter racing, but it was it was two things. It proved he's going to be an open-class horse, and it was a reminder because we hadn't seen one of these for a while. But the D. Butch... Nah, this can't win drives. And he used to do them at Cambridge all the time when he was driving for Jeff Small. And he'd be overly patient and you'd think, mate, you've stuffed this up. They're going to call you in the room for this. And he gets up on the line. And it's very rare you can fool Aaron with that sort of call because it just looked like he was no winning chance. Every once in a while, David does something that makes me go, oh, you've still absolutely He's got a genius. It. He yep. does. He's the only yep. person in New Zealand, I think, who does that that well. Ricky may used to do it, but Ricky's had to change his driving because the bigger fields down home make it a lot harder to, to drive them dead cold. And, and you don't see it very often from Tony Hurley. He obviously, he can do it, but you just don't see it that often. I think he's the one driver in the country who still drives horses occasionally to the point where you're like, mate, you've stuffed this up. And they yep. get up and win. And I don't say that as a fan club thing. It's just, it's a skill that is uh, less frequently seen in harness racing these days. Yeah, absolutely it is. I couldn't have summed it up better. Um, and just on Derek Ball, Derek and Raylene for that matter, um, just salt of the earth people. You know, you just want them to have another good horse, and I think they've found one, uh, as you mentioned. So uh, he's been a terrific horseman for a very long time, and, um, yeah, this horse should be in the, all of those open-class races in, in the next 12 months. Well, he's a legit guy. Like, he, he's, he's an honest guy. He, he probably doesn't overwork his horses, as you heard there. He doesn't overfeed them, so he works them nice and slow. And and so sometimes they'll come to the races, and they will need a bit of work, a bit of racing to get up to the up to speed, and that's important. And this horse is a classic example. 100% yep. he is. And, and sometimes he 
he raced a bit fat, and then other times, you know, he sort of, you get them once they hone down. And that's often a skill for the punters is just sometimes you go dog on a horse because you're back at it fresh up and it gets beat and you're like, ah, oh, this is no good. But often some of those stables who look after their horses and don't trial them hard will take you two or three runs. So there's punting lesson 114 for the day <laughs> coming up <laughs> on Trot's Door.